Welcome to this webinar series, Physical Activity Researcher Podcast and International Society for Physical Activity and Health, ISPA, have started collaboration. We have edited their webinars to audio-only podcast versions, so you can listen them also on the go. Our mission is to advance science and share scientific knowledge, so if your organization has relevant webinars or lectures and would like to get more audience to them, please let us know. But without further ado, let's jump to the webinar. Well, Andreas Holterman is um, educated in human movement and health sciences, and um, he has worked at the National Research Center for the working environment in Denmark, Copenhagen, and uh, is a professor there and is currently the head of research. And his main research field is on the domain of specific health effects of physical activity and device-based measurement of physical activity and promoting uh, interventions at the workplace. And Nidhi Gupta is a senior researcher in the same group and is uh, co-leading Propas, or Surpas, sorry, with Andreas. They're both part of Propas, uh, Andreas since the beginning, um, and um, Nidhi uh, more recently joined the working group of Propas. We're excited uh, to hear more about Surpas. So uh, please um, go ahead with sharing your, uh, you have your shared your presentation already. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Lovely to see you all. And uh, thanks, Manos, for putting the expectations really high for our talk today. Um, uh, I think for the field of physical activity, I think one of the main, really main important things we need to address and achieve is to have really good data globally. We need to have better data for cohorts and surveillance, also for low and middle income countries. And I, I think many of you uh, from from uh, Western part of the world and particularly from as we come from Scandinavia, we know how much massive amount of um, resources it takes, both with respect to financial resources, but also all kinds of expertise and time use to run a cohort. And I think this is one of the main, um, really main developments we need to make is to how can we make complete systems to be able to measure physical activity behaviors uh, in a cheap, uh, feasible, scalable manner globally. This is the goal of this, uh, of this project, which is called SURPASS. And uh, Nidhi, if you change slide. Uh, and two years ago, I'm, uh, uh, I was also talking about then about our vision. It has been our vision to make this, this surplus system where we could do measurements, uh, device-based measurements of physical activity for both for surveillance and for cohorts um, on 24-hour uh, physical behaviors for everyone. If you change the slide again. And, and um, now it's really good to be back here because uh, Nidhi and the team has been working for these two years really hard to develop the the system and evaluate it. And Nidhi will present that a little bit later. But first, what we mean about, uh, about behaviors is that we, 
it is so important from from our perspective to not only have information on energy expenditure and intensity uh, and these aspects, but also on the behaviors. This is also because it is uh, uh, it is important to to have people, no matter which kind of education levels or or type of or uh, institution you come from, also be able to understand which kind of behavior it is. So we have been focusing a lot on, on trying to, to develop systems where you can measure what people are doing with respect to behaviors, sitting, standing, walking, cycling, all these type of things. But also what we think is so important when you are measuring on adults is to know if it, which kind of domain it is. And the domain is important not not only because it might have have an impact on the health effects, but also because the determinants of the physical behaviors during leisure and work, for instance, are completely different. We think that is so important not only to work on, figure out how we can have devices which can be used, uh, but having a complete complete system. And uh, this complete system, measurement system, we think it needs to be have a very very low burden, both on the participants, but also on the, on the administrators. We know, for instance, for from, from cohorts in in, uh, in Scandinavia, how a massive amount of resources it has taken just to analyze data afterwards, harmonize the data, and all all these type of um, all these type of uh, resources which needs to be needs to be in place today if you don't have really this type of automatic analytical um, uh, systems. Uh, it becomes more and more clear and important to also have a, a data flow and security which is at the highest standard. And I think this is this this is uh, uh, has a has a really high uh, alertness in in the in EU, for instance, but I think it will be having the same kind of alertness and importance also for low in, middle income countries in the future. So it's really important when you develop systems like this it, that it has the highest standard of data protection and security. Thanks, Nidhi. And in the end, I think it's just so crucial that we have a, a prospective, easy, flexible, feasible systems to share uh, to share all this data and it needs to be really cheap and it needs to be um, i think it, uh, particularly for surveillance it needs to be be able to to share this type of data very very uh, in short short time so i think that what we need is this kind of complete system talking about all parts of from analyze, uh, from measuring uh, measuring the physical activity, and in the end, when we are harmonizing data across, for instance, different countries. Thank you. Over to you, Nidhi. Yes, thank you, Andreas. Uh, so, Andreas, uh, uh, in two years before, he showed uh, he talked about the sign castle of Serpa system, and we are very happy to say today that we have developed the system. And in this last two years, we did a huge amount of work to develop the system. And I don't have enough time today to go through the whole process of developing. But basically, the development happened in three main phases where we collected user specifications first, uh, where we talked to different users and asked them how the system should look like, what should be the content, what should be the features, 
and users like the workers coming from different job groups and administrators like researchers and various indirect or direct stakeholders like social partners or scientific researchers coming from around the world. We collected that information. We used that information in the second phase where we technically developed the system. We test the system and then we refine the system. And we did this cycle numerous times to make sure the system is satisfactorily developed according to different users. And after that, we are in this phase right now where we are running a feasibility trial, and we hope that we will be able to have about 250 participants who will uh, enter in this feasibility trial. So the system, so basically the system has four technical elements. The first is the app on the participant's phone, the web app for the researchers, the backend, the brain of the system, and it's all magic happening behind this brain, and the sensor on participant's body. So this is how the system works. We have the sensor, which is already there in the market commercially available. It does not require battery charge. It can record for three consecutive weeks and it is cheap compared to the many other sensors around there in the market. And another thing is that it comes together with a very nice patch, which is very easy for many participants, many users to just attach by themselves on their body. So basically we send the sensor together with the patch and some other things in a postal package to their address, to the participant's address. They receive the package and they download the app, which is already there in the Google Play and App Store, the beta version of it, and um, download the app. They use the instructions given in the app to attach the sensor on their body. They make the measurement for seven days. The data is continuously automatically uploading on the backend, where we have the ActiPass software, which is also the state-of-the-art software by the ProPass Consortium. Um, so this software is automatically processing the data, analyzing the data. So the feedback for the participants are ready, which is sent back to the app. And the, the basically the participants receive the feedback on their, on their phone after the measurement period. And in parallel, the administrator, in our case, it's researchers, they can just download the analyzed process data, which is ready for research. So this is the overall function, how the system functions. The app, more in detail, right now I'm actually trying the system just today. Um, it has many other things to, to tell, but basically this is some of the content I'm showing. It has the login page where you have to use your phone number to log in. After that, it gives you instructions on how to attach the sensor. It has a diary function as well, where we ask information about domain-specific uh, domain time. Uh, first, we ask about whether it's a working day, a day off, or have you been sick? And if it's a work day, then we ask about how many hours you work today and how many hours you slept. Uh, and at the end, the app also gives feedback to the worker. So this is just the overall picture of the app. But if you would like to, to know more about the app, it's already in the market. But the uniqueness and novelty of the system is the backend, the brain of the system. And why I'm saying this, because this, the, the backend is already developed, the whole infrastructure is developed. It is GDPR safe already. So basically in EU, it's the, it's the general data protection regulations. It's one of the most strongest in the world and it's already GDPR safe. So all the data which is received by the backend is already GDPR safe. Another thing is as Manas said that this has a potential to have a feasible and scalable technology for whole world. First thing is we have automated the data processing and automated data analysis. And another unique thing is for using a standard methodology, whoever used the system, they have a standard methodology to use, standard methodology to process and analyze. And these two unique features give them data infrastructure for harmonization of the data from multiple countries. 
Just imagine that people in different countries, they're using this feasible and scalable technology. Data is coming in the backend. The data is analyzed automatically by the same method. So the harmonization will be very simple in the future. And I have some, uh, this is the first time we are showing some preliminary results. Uh, we just did the, some of the crude analysis just this week. So the results might change a little, but uh, we did a user pre-feasibility trial. We actually did this with uh, SDU, with Jesper. Uh, it's called a, uh, Denmark, Denmark on the move, uh, sort of. Uh, we did a test on about 38 people, and this is just overall what we did. We sent the package, as I said before, to the to the participants. They downloaded the app from the from the App Store or Google Play. Um, they attach the sensor according to the instructions given in the app. They make the measurement for seven days, and after seven days, we ask them to fill out a questionnaire and a semi-structured interview. And overall, we asked participants' experience, expectations, such as device attachment experience, app usage experience, post-stage burden, and overall burden of using the system. And from the administrator or researcher side, we asked about how was your experience of using the web app and total burden, which was a very important thing here. How many minutes actually did it take to, to use the whole system? And uh, I have some preliminary results here on the participants' level and administrator. First thing. Surprisingly, everybody, almost everybody said it was very easy to use the system. They had an easy and positive experience. They would be happy to do it again, and they would recommend to a friend. Overall, surprisingly for them, they were quite surprised that they thought this will take a lot of time, but they did not even notice when they were wearing the sensor for seven days, and it did not take a lot of time from them. And overall time use estimates were they took about 13.5 minutes to get started on the first day, and then every day they took about 14.5 minutes to use the system. And just a, quite a, a note here that 14.5 minutes, the most of the time they took to upload the data, which was a challenge in the system, which we are working upon, so it will be resolved. So in reality, they will take about two to three minutes every day to use the system. On the results of the administrator, and this is quite nice, that actually took six minutes per participant, starting from registering the participant on the web app till they have the downloaded data for research. And this is a huge reduction in, that, in, the, in the burden from the researcher's side. As we all know, with the current methods, we take huge amount of time per participant to do all these steps. Motor status, as I said, we are in the feasibility phase right now. And after feasibility trial, we believe that the system will be ready to go in different countries. And I would like to give you a future status on different elements, sensor and the app of the system. The app is already in the market in Danish and in English. And we believe that it should be ready to be used in Denmark. It should be ready to be used in EU, but it might require some language translations in specific countries where people are not comfortable with English or Danish. But this is a very small task in the app. The web app is same story. It's in English and it's uh, to go in Denmark and EU, but it might require some language translations. And then we have the backend, which is we believe that it's ready to go in Denmark and also in EU, but it's GDPR safe, so it should be an uh, accepted system by the EU level, by the EU countries as well, but it might require some country-specific discussions because different countries have their own data regulations um, factors as well. At the international level or non-EU countries, we surely need some language translations for the app and also for the web app. For the backend, we have not ticked it because uh, GDPR, of course, is quite strong regulation but we would need to have some really structured discussion in different countries to make sure that the backend, that the data that we receive in the backend is acceptable by their country, that the data is getting uploaded in the, in the server.
And overall, we would like to pinpoint that before we use the system, we need a cultural adaptation of the system and a small feasibility trial to make sure that there is some refinement that we have to do this, uh, to use the system. We have to make those uh, adjustments before we use the system and scale it up. And uh, it's a huge team we have here. We have the project team from National Research Center of, for the Work Environment, our institute. And uh, we are collaborating with Sense Motion Denmark, who have developed this sensor and it's commercially available in the market. And we have a really uh, nice scientific board. We have really cool physical activity experts who are making sure that our system is scientifically advanced. So uh, thank you so much. If you would like to know more about the project, you can find some more information on this link, or you can also contact us or tweet us on these emails and tweet account. Thank you. Thank you, Nidhi. Thank you, Andreas. Very informative presentation. Very exciting work also. Um, I uh, have ended with one very quick question. Is the center, uh, we have a couple of questions in the chat, but you put uh, down your email addresses so maybe uh, people can uh, directly reach out to you. But one question, is the center reusable is one of the quick questions you can probably answer. Yeah, so basically the center, it does not require battery charge. It can do measurements for continuous six months. So you can do the measurement for a six month period. So you can divide that. Let's say if you use one week now, you can keep it up. You can keep the sensor in the in the in a storage, and then you can use it again. So that way, you can make six months measurements with the with the sensor. So you can make repeated measurements for say uh, twenty four times. And more and more uh, uh, questions still come in, but I, we have to move on. Unfortunately, thank you again. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you're using. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.